0: There's never a good time to be homeless, especially here in the suburbs where there's not enough affordable housing, minimal public transportation, and social services that can vary from one area to the next. Throw in a global pandemic requiring social distancing, masks, and other precautions, and an extremely hard life just got harder. My guest this weekend has just stepped up to lead one of the most respected agencies in DuPage County, Helping the Homeless. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. My guest this week is the new president and CEO of DuPage Pads, or as it was formerly known, Public Action to Deliver Shelter. She's April Redzik, veteran of housing not-for-profit organizations, and she is replacing the renowned Carol Simler, who headed that agency for 23 years. April Redzik brings along quite a bit of acclaim from her own work as well. For nearly a decade, she has been with Kids Above All, a local group that provides comprehensive services to families in Cook, Lake DuPage, and Kane Counties. She's been a vice president for resource development there since since 2015. Before that, she was with United Way of Metropolitan Chicago and Catholic Charities. And uh, we are practicing social distancing, as we have been for uh, some time now. This interview is being conducted via Zoom conferencing. And April Redzik, thank you for joining me.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me and for your questions about this very important issue.
0: Well, thanks. It is uh, probably daunting enough to take on the challenge of trying to eliminate homelessness in the western suburbs, but you're doing so with COVID-19 very much in play. What Mm -hmm. kind of person looks at that landscape and says, I can do that?
1: (laughs) Um, Somebody whose goal is to uh, be as impactful as possible in our community. It's I think those of us in, in the sector, in the nonprofit sector, always want to do our best to help as best we can. And this was an opportunity to do more, to to help people in my community. And um, I think I'm blessed to, to have the chance to do it now where it's really important.
0: And you're, of course, joining an organization that has been doing great work in the uh, Western suburbs for some time. I want to talk a little bit about how page. PADS has evolved over the years. Uh, PADS wasn't just an acronym when it started, right?
1: No, no. They started out um, very locally focused churches coming together to want to make sure people had a safe to, place to stay. Um, welcoming the stranger was, was the heart of the mission. And from there, they have morphed into a place that um, provides really comprehensive care. So folks still come in. Um, from the pad, but the goal is a pad on the floor to a key in the door. And so we work to get people into permanent supportive housing or other permanent housing solutions, because once you have that opportunity to have a stable place to live, um, you can do more to support yourself and and have a better life.
0: Now, churches were the backbone of the effort when it started. Are they still very much a backbone?
1: Absolutely. Churches are the host sites for our interim shelter. And what interim shelter is, is is literally if you don't have a place to stay, we make sure that you have a safe place to sleep for the night. And those are literally pads on the floor that church members um, or community members come together and prepare, and people can come and sleep on them. Um, A lot of people have asked me during COVID, well, what does this look like? Did you close your shelters? What happened is we changed that model. It's still happening, and churches are still very much supporting this. So rather than welcoming the stranger into their own location, they are making it possible for us to welcome that person into a hotel uh, situation so it is safe and in, in, in still a, a stable place for them to stay, regardless of the strange times we are living in with COVID.
0: Um. That sounds like something that is a lot more expensive than what you would normally be doing. Uh, first off, how many people are you serving each night?
1: So uh, we, when COVID started out, we had about 140 individuals who needed a place to stay. And so we moved them into, it's about a hundred units of um, hotel rooms and we're now down to 68 because the other ones have been able to move into a more stable environment. And so our goal is to stick with these people, make sure they are okay, and encourage them and help them to get into a more stable long-term housing situation.
0: And and I'll admit, I'm a little surprised that the number went down because the uh, the. The path of COVID-19 has been to put more people out of work and that the need for assistance is up. Are you seeing that, you know, balloon somewhere else?
1: I will tell you the silver lining in this situation is we've learned a lot about what helps people who are coming into this interim process get toward more stable housing. And when you are not in emergency mode, when you're not worrying where you're going to sleep the next night but rather are in the same place, we can come in and do more intensive services. And so we have my heroes every day are our case managers and our therapists who go in and work with people so that they they, they can move toward a more stable environment and we've had 32 exits during COVID. We've had 16 per month for the past two months. And I'm hearing anecdotally in Cook County, 12 exits in Cook County per month are about average. So we've had some really fantastic outcomes because people are stable, because we've been able to really focus our services. And even during COVID, we've had really great success stories for people who've found um, a a job and found a a stable living situation.
0: Uh, now, homelessness, you know, and I, and I want to talk a little bit about the problem itself, well, a lot about the problem itself, because homelessness has been, in some ways, all but invisible in the suburbs, because, mm-hmm. you know, you walk along a Chicago street, you're going to see homeless people, it doesn't happen that much and to the same degree in the suburbs. And frankly, some people prefer that. I mean, I remember uh, where your headquarters is the city of Wheaton at one point was trying to sweep people off the streets and, and, and keep them off. That changed probably because of a court case. Uh, but how, how is that problem now manifest? What are, you, what are you seeing in the suburbs? And how do you, I mean, does the definition of homelessness change?
1: I think homelessness is more a part of the DuPage community than than people realize because we, we don't see it day to day. Oftentimes we don't see it in our neighborhoods, but it's there and people might be living or sleeping in their car. They might be sleeping on a friend's couch, but they do not have a stable place to live. They don't have an address where they can use to apply for benefits or to get a job. And so It might look different in the suburbs, but it is absolutely present. Um, And I, I know you were talking about how people don't really want to see homeless people on the street. Well, in fact, they don't want to be on the street. I don't want to see homeless people on the street. I want to see them in a more permanent situation where they can get back on their feet. And so having somewhere for them to go is better for all of us and certainly for that person who is experiencing homelessness and having a really hard time of it. Um, one of the things we look to do at PADS Beyond the Housing piece is to give them an address so that they can access more services. You, if you are a person experiencing homelessness in DuPage, you can come to us and at our client service center, we literally have a mailbox for you. So you can get your mail, you can have an address, and it's just another step to get people um, moving closer toward a, a stable living environment.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that's something that people may not think about all that often that, that yes, the address without that, you're, you're in some ways, there's not a whole lot that government especially can do for you.
1: Mm-hmm. I also want to remind people that when you're thinking of someone who is homeless, last year, we helped 265 children. It is there, there are, there are children who need a safe place to live. And there are adults who need a safe place to live who are someone else's child. We need to really care about all of us and make sure that these people in a time that is a very vulnerable time for them, that that they have care and support. And I I do have to say, I'm very blessed to be working in DuPage where the community has come together and really been, um, you know, a great starter in terms of developing this PADS model. And it has been a great supporter of us in general, but certainly during COVID to make sure that they are caring for people in the community.
0: And now are you seeing that kind of caring uh, from the government level, or is it more that people in DuPage are more receiving? And, and not just Wheaton, which has a tradition of reaching out to people. I mean, they were a stop on the Underground Railroad. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, what, what about that?
1: So we've seen generosity from many places, uh, private individuals. Somebody called me yesterday and gave us a $2,500 check and said, he's upset he can't give us more because he knows there are people out there who need it. And, and we just, people coming together and giving what they can has been huge in terms of us and our ability to keep people in these hotels and to bring food and, and resources. The DuPage County has helped us immensely to, to find other resources, and, and they're helping as best they can. And I have to say, the DuPage County Health Department has also been a fantastic partner as we look at what we can do moving forward that is the safest, best option for the people in our care right now.
0: And I want to talk a little bit about that. What, what are the kinds of things, the health concerns that are sort of overlaying over everything else that you're having to deal with?
1: So this is a population that already may have a health condition, um, that has been an underlying reason why they've become homeless to begin with. Um, and they're a population that's vulnerable and, and may not have your traditional health insurance or necessarily a medical home. And that's part of what we do and we work toward with them. But if you layer on something like COVID, which can affect their ability to get employed, but also their ability to be safe, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a scary time. It's a scary time out there, um, it, which is a large reason why this hotel model has been an excellent way for um, our team to move people more quickly to resources. And can you tell me
0: how are, or how is DuPage Pads managing the cost of that? Like I said, it's, it's one thing to put pads on a floor at a church, which probably once you bought them, it's, it's, that's the cost. As opposed, but putting people in hotel rooms, that's got to be very expensive.
1: It is. It is. I was talking with our head of resource development earlier today, and um, I told him I, I literally want a million dollars. That—that That is my, that's, what do I want for my birthday this year? I want a million dollars so that we can bring resources in in this very safe manner through COVID. It's, we, it is an expensive we've had a lot of generosity from the hotel community to help make this possible. And so what you're talking, what you're thinking of in terms of a a hotel stay per night is not what we are seeing, but it is still, um, for the number we're serving, it is expensive and um, we're, again, we've had a lot of generosity from the community to make it possible thus far. Um, Both private individuals, foundations, um, United Way, DuPage Foundation and Community Memorial Foundation, but also the DuPage um, County itself. We we've received help to make it possible, but we're you know it, it it takes all of us to come together and get through this. And we it were it's a time when we really need the resources so that we can keep these people as safe as possible under the circumstances.
0: And another thing I don't want to let get lost in the shuffle is, is you were talking about the children, but uh, the thing that has surprised me, well, maybe doesn't surprise me anymore, is that it seems like there are more and more families who are yeah. homeless. And is that easing somewhat, or is that still a growing uh, portion of the people who need
1: help? It is a. It is definitely a portion. What we, because of Pads floor model versus a family shelter model, what we are seeing is still mainly individuals. In our hotels, we have some families. We also have some seniors um, who I was out on Friday getting food to them. And it, it, some of them, there are mobility issues simply to get around. And, and so, you know, we're seeing all ages. Um, poverty doesn't discriminate. and And we're you know it's 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 really important that we bring resources to all of them. But there are certainly families that have been affected by this, and we um, we know there's also a great need for prevention to keep families in housing if they are there. If you, we can retain housing for people who who are already um, getting close and are housing vulnerable, if we can keep them in where they are, that's going to stabilize that entire family unit, which quite frankly not only helps the the parents in that household or the child's immediately well-be- immediate well-being, but it also, um, you fall back developmentally when you don't have a place to live. Um, you, if, if you don't have a place to sit down and do your homework, you you can't, it's harder to learn. And if you don't know where you're going to sleep at night, or you're worried about your mom and dad, because you you can't focus on that next step of learning and growing because the brain doesn't work that way. The brain, when the brain is in emergency mode, it is hard to absorb new data. And we see that both in adults and in children. So that stability is really key for that entire household.
0: And you're talking about getting people or keeping people in their homes um, before, but How do people know that there's help out there before they slide off the edge?
1: Um, So what we see are people who are calling for community resources. Um, Sometimes that can be, you know, um, reaching out to a social worker. There are prevention funds. Those, I will say, though, run out in a community very quickly. And they're so critical um, that's one of the things we make sure that we advocate for and, and reach out to people in public um, positions so that they're aware of that. If The more we can do in terms of prevention, the better off we'll all be. In my ideal world, our our mission is to end homelessness. If we could only be on the prevention side and people were not on the street, so many people would have a, a better life and be in a better um, situation and honestly, that's it, it, it would increase the well being of our entire community. So, that is, that is our ideal scenario.
0: You're listening to News Radio 780's At Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore. We're talking via Zoom conferencing with April Redzik. She's the new president and CEO of DuPage Paths, working to end homelessness in the area. Um, I want to talk about how we address some of the, in some ways, root causes. Of this, uh, and one of them in the suburbs is affordable housing. And mm-hmm. you've worked in housing <laughs> in groups. So tell me what what's the situation and how do we change it? Because people can't afford, for example, to live near the places where they work if they have jobs.
1: We need more affordable housing in the suburbs, and that's across the board. In um, and, and we need it in communities and near public transportation so affordable housing is important um, we have been advocating for years on that subject with elected officials in in the dupage area um, it needs resource. we need resources to build we need places to build we need um, the zoning available to make it happen and we need it where people can get to work because we're talking about in, in our population that we see they may not necessarily have a car in and so they need that public transportation option as well the more we can do to provide affordable housing and and to get people into that faster the better off we're all going to be
0: although if uh, you know if we're going to depend on uh, public transportation and and i agree it's probably one of the central ways to move people uh especially those who can't afford cars but there's not a whole lot of public transportation in the Western suburbs. So, you know, it's, it, it, maybe it's a kind of chicken and egg thing, but are you talking to the agencies that could be like PACE, for example?
1: Mm-hmm. I, that's an excellent idea that, um, see, you're helping while, while you interview me.
0: <laughs> um, I'll take
1: that back to our program staff as an idea as we are doing more in terms of advocacy.
0: Well, uh, First, I want to ask you in terms of of advocacy, what government's doing, you know, better in DuPage County than it used to, but what more do you need government to do, whether it's federal or county or, frankly, the municipalities?
1: Over the short term, it's really funding to keep people safe. We need enough funding to make sure there are options for people through this winter while we're dealing with a pandemic. Over the long term, more permanent supportive housing is, is a fantastic start. Um, we are lucky that we've also received um, funds to start up rapid rehousing, which is another way to get people who are experiencing homelessness immediately into a new housing option. And so more rapid rehousing funding, more housing for homeless youth, um, and 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 more knowledge of of the importance of housing for individuals because the other thing we see is people who come um, out of either mental health situations or even an incarceration situation um, sometimes there's limited places for them to stay and so looking at that in all of these different pieces just to make sure um, we can come together and and provide a nice spectrum of care for people Um, we've also found in dupage county a lot of folks come together um, within the human services sector to, to make an impact and, and to look at who's doing what. And uh, we've been very fortunate in that there's a lot of strong community partners in the area who are working together. So we'll continue advocating. I always say um, you can only do as much as you can do, but we work to do as much as we can. And so that is what we'll continue doing as best as we can.
0: Now And, and I, I need to acknowledge that, uh, that you're, you, you've only been on this particular job for, what, a week? But, <laughs> but you've been doing this work for a long time. What kind of reception do you and the others who are active in this, the advocates, what kind of reception do you get from the government officials that you sit down to talk with? Uh, is, it, is it encouraging or are people just like, hey, this is a really tough time?
1: so what i've experienced and again this is my second week here um is a lot of positivity both from the the just individuals i've talked to about what we do and elected officials that i've spoken with it's interesting how many people have been touched by pads in some way because they came in and did a confirmation project or they volunteered uh at their local church or attended a turkey trot or there's just so many ways that people have come together to give back that i've learned more people's lives have been touched by pads in different ways than than i ever knew on the public elected official spectrum what i've seen so far is elected officials come out and help us bring food and masks to people who are experiencing homelessness and to ask what is going on in the area and what they can do to help. And that has been, um, you know, the DuPage County Health Department, the DuPage County Community Development Group. uh, Representative Tara Costa Howard came and gave food to our clients and helped us out last Friday, as did the governor. And the questions were all the same, which was, what are people going through? What can I do to help? How are you staying um, upright during this time? And how are you keeping people safe? And I think if we all came together around these really important questions more often, uh, our community would be a better place.
0: And let's talk about getting the community to rally around. Uh, um, first off, I know at that at that event, uh, I did see uh, some of the coverage of it. And, and in fact, was watching live. Uh, and one of the people out there, a member of the public, uh, Olivia Drew Tyler of Lombard, who is seven years old and was and has been selling and donating face masks to build a hotel for the homeless. That's her goal. Uh-huh. I, I, first off, I have to think that that was probably kind of inspiring to see a little girl. And, and she seems pretty uh, pretty up on what the issues are too.
1: She is. She did a Zoom call with me on Thursday and I learned from her. She is a force. She is... She believes that everyone should give back. She believes that everyone should have a safe place to live and a mask to keep them healthy. And she told me how she felt and then she blessed me. And I told her I need as many blessings as I can get. Um, and then she met the governor and the governor told her she should run for office. It was fantastic.
0: I, I bet, but that kind of excitement is, it, it needs to be contagious, I would think. and how do you get more people involved to see the problem, to see that there are solutions?
1: Oh, I, I totally agree. shes I think sometimes seeing someone who's seven get it reminds other of us, the, the rest of us that we need to get it in the same place. And while it feels like an enormous issue when you look at all the pieces, it's really simple. It's how are you making sure people have a safe place to stay? How are you making sure people are safe? We can all get behind that. I learned that in kindergarten. And so sometimes it's just a reminder that issues can seem large, but help can be very basic. Um, we've been telling people sometimes what we need is microwave popcorn or oatmeal. You can run to the store and help and just drop it off. You can come help distribute food. It's, it's, if more people were like Olivia, our world would be a better place.
0: Do you what do you see as the future of uh, of DuPage Paths because it's it's done a lot, but do you see it turning to do other things and it's doing more things than it used to?
1: Sure. Um, so, in terms of it doing a lot, I do have to say, Carol Simler is that those are big shoes to fill. She is a force, and she the thousands of lives have been changed because of her. And I think the direction that she led, um, that our board has supported and a fantastic staff has carried out um, is a direction we'll continue in. The goal is to end homelessness. And we look at the best, most innovative, smartest ways to do that. And so I envision us doing more in terms of advocating and and providing for supportive housing. Um, I envision us continuing looking at Ways we can have people come into the system and then get housed as quickly as possible. Um, In over the short term, we have looked at um, we have community partners within the faith um, congregations who have offered to be more static sites. So if we need to do two or three days in a row at one place for health reasons, we will be looking at doing that. Um, in close contact with the health department to look at what we can do and then move people as quickly as possible into more uh, permanent housing. And I think that that piece of moving people quickly to a more stable situation is something that we've learned a lot about during a crisis, but is a really key element in all of this. Um, I talked with uh, Beth Neighbors, who is the CEO of Um, Journeys, the Road Home in Palatine, and they're the Northwest Suburban PADS location. Um, And they talked about how they're seeing good outcomes with this model as well, because you can get that intensive case management in. So we want to learn everything we can from this challenging situation and use that knowledge and that data that we might not otherwise have to look at the best long-term solutions we can for our clients. So I think you're going to definitely still see us. Um, within faith communities as a welcome location, but I, you're going to see more of that, that, that movement as quickly as possible into more stability because that's the best thing for our clients and honestly for the entire community.
0: And very quickly, because it's only about 30 seconds uh, left, uh, Is are we talking about privately owned things or uh, funded or subsidized housing?
1: we're exploring a few different options depending on what we can afford and what we can advocate for but we would we would like to have a nice public private partnership that will that will benefit people who are struggling with homelessness and need more stability
0: april Rezik, thank you very very much she is the new president and ceo of dupage pads thanks so much for spending the time with me
1: oh thanks for having me
0: um, to our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website at wbbmnewsradio.com. Just follow the podcast links. You can also find our podcasts on radio.com. I will be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM.